everyone, welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott, and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes when you hone in on your passions. My guest this week is Jayon Idzadzi, and she is an activist, innovator, and the founder of the organization STEM Up, which advocates for more female representation in the STEM or science, technology, engineering, and math fields. I was so inspired by this conversation with Jayon, and I'm so excited to share this with you. So without further ado, let's get started with this episode featuring Jayon Idzadzi. Hi, everyone. I'm Jehanit Sassi. I'm a 17-year-old youth activist as well as youth innovator, and I founded the nonprofit organization that has been nationally and internationally recognized um, called STEM Up, which advocates for female representation in STEM. And as a young woman who uh, wants to go into STEM, um, over this past year, I innovated the first ever um, cost-affordable and as well most effective treatment uh, for Parkinson's disease called Neuropark, which is composed of GLP-1 agonists as well as resigamine. And overall, I'm working with the FDA, which is the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, um, to finalize the development of Neuropark. And I'm dedicated to making sure that I impact um, youth around the world, um, empower youth, um, entrepreneurship, and really just continue advocating for crucial global issues, including gender equality, climate change, and just a better world overall. That is a great way to get started, and I'm really excited to learn more about this work that you're doing. So tell me more about what got you started with this work. What inspired you to become passionate about activism and empowering young people? What was that journey like for you? Yeah, so I am a Moroccan American, and my family is from Morocco, and I'm a daughter of two immigrants, and we come from Amazigh, which is the indigenous uh, people of North Africa. Um, and so whenever I was young, I would always go back to Morocco to visit during the summers, and specifically in the villages. And my mother is from Kenetra, and my father is from Marrakesh. And specifically, when I would go to the villages where my grandma lives, I would see my uh, older and older also younger cousins who were females um, who simply were not being educated. And of course, it's the summer, you know, school is out, but I would still go back to the U.S. and call them to check in on them. And my mother would call them as well. And they still would not have, you know, an education. And of course, if you think about it in the sense of, you know, villages in especially developing countries and all around the world, they don't have schools. And when you don't have schools, you don't have education. And when we talk about education as a whole, and we specifically hone it to, you know, young girls, to me, I was like, I'm, you know, a, of course, a young girl who wears the hijab, and, you know, oftentimes being discriminated on my appearance, or really just my cultural background, really just who I am as a home, I understand how it feels to sort of come from that struggle of, you know, needing to deserve something and needing to, you know, just receive your basic rights. And so for me, you know, knowing the struggles my cousins went through, to receive an education, which a lot of them, fortunately, are um, now studying full-time, which is so amazing for them, um, just, but just recognizing the struggles they went to to receive an education, whether that was at home or just in general, 
and that most of the times young girls, especially in developing countries, have a 50% lower literacy rate than, you know, girls all around the world. And especially when you look at the Western part, um, including the US and the UK. And so for me, that's really what ignited my want and sort of need and drive to found SEMUP, which is my nonprofit organization because not only do we need more females in STEM but we need more diversity as well and so for me when I was young I was always an avid explorer of science specifically um, but I've also delved into all of STEM but my main passion is in neuroscience and I would you know go to uh, more so later on, but I would go to conferences and, you know, participate in, you know, bridge competitions um, in the state, in my state where I'm from, and really just sort of immerse myself whenever I had the opportunity in science. And I was just so fascinated. And if I'm going to be honest, a lot of the times I was usually the only girl who wore the hijab um, in the room or was the only girl in the, in many senses. And so I think looking at it in that sense and wanting to you know, have someone who's as, you know, passionate as I am, who's as, you know, just driven to make a change like I am, who looks like me, it really was the most important part. You know, having also younger sisters as well, I've always wanted to be a role model. And so really, like, I, you know, just sort of took start with up and just thought to myself, if I don't see the change, I'm going to be the change and I'm going to make the change. And, you know, starting STEM up really when I entered high school was the change I wanted to make. Um, and so just having that passion as well, just, you know, wanting to see someone who looked like me and not even just from a cultural perspective, but just wanting to make sure that, you know, just because I'm receiving an education doesn't mean the young girls in, for example, Morocco are, you know, I'm not as good as them or sort of better than them just because I'm going to public school. That's not the case at all. You know, they're not less than me because they're not receiving education. What matters in the sense is that we're all receiving what we deserve. And so that's why I decided to start to sum up. And really ever since, thankfully, it's gotten a lot of recognition from the international community um, and even from prominent thinkers as well, which include being invited to the White House, etc. Um, but this is just sort of the passion that, you know, I wanted to see change. And I think that STEM in general is such a broad field. And so when I wanted to advocate for it, I wanted to make sure that, you know, everyone has the opportunity and everyone can make change if they want to, no matter where they come from, their background, etc. And so that's my sort of uh, I guess because they started some up and yeah I'm just super excited to you know continue working on it and continue making sure that you know the changes being made young girls are receiving education and opportunities to go into STEM and just because they may live in a lesser community or background or in a low income status etc they have the opportunity to make the change and so I think that's really where STEM up thrives at most. I love that idea of being the change you wanted to see, of course, and I love that you're talking about how everyone is inherently equal and should have opportunities like education. I think that's such an important message. So can you tell me more about the work you're doing with STEM Up now? Yeah, so Step Up has a leadership team where we meet weekly every Friday. Um, and so there we basically plan our different programs. And our most prominent program has been our summer program, which is an annual summer program we host remotely. So it's through Zoom, but essentially we 
have young girls who participate all over the world. And we have typically it runs for two weeks and we have different initiatives. And the most common one is we have guest speaker panels. We also have different activities, which, you know, can include different games online that, you know, where the young girls and just participants as a whole can interact with one another and really just sort of get to see, you know, why they're passionate in STEM. But in a sense where when we host a summer program, majority of times the young girls who participate in it are new to STEM. They don't really know sort of what science, technology, engineering, mathematics is. And so really a lot of the beginning is sort of, I wouldn't term it as lectures because that's very boring, but just sort of understanding, you know, the basics of STEM and sort of what it is as a whole. And of course, you know, getting into why they're passionate about it. So now that they understand what STEM is, what are they passionate about in STEM? And a lot of the times we have participants who are passionate about all four subjects, um, including the arts as well. I feel like the arts always gets left out, <laughs> but it's very important too. Um, and so after we sort of break down, um, the first, that usually lasts for the first week, we have different breaks as well where you know the participants can sort of interact I call them hangout sessions um, and doing summer programs essentially for the past four years um, it's very common to do this remotely so we make sure that the guest participants can have time to break and interact with one another as well um, and then from there we have our panels which does take a large portion um, and then we have like just end off session as well um, and then afterwards, typically, I want to say in August or so, we start back up our Educate Her program, which has received the most recognition from STEM Up. And essentially what it is, is it's a financing program that the STEM Up team in different countries. So right now we're working with, we have worked with Morocco, which is where I'm from, but we've worked right now with Afghanistan, Syria, and Sudan. And due to the ongoing conflicts um, that are going on there, we run with the STEM Up team and essentially just a group of volunteers who are STEM Up uh, members who have been for uh, more than two years plus. And we coordinate there to work with specific families. And so we work with one family at a time and the young girls who are typically from the ages of age to 18, um, we work with them and we finance their education. And so we raise money through the receiving of grants and just sort of fundraising as a whole. Um, and then we use the money that we collect, et cetera, um, to then finance the educational materials, which can include different curriculum books um, from science, math, et cetera, um, coloring books, you know, just simple materials that you need, like pencils, journals, et cetera. And so we finance their education. And so they are able to have education at home. And that's why it's called Educate Her, because it's being done at the comfort of their own home. Because a lot of the times when you look at developing countries and when you look at, you know, just countries as a whole that, you know, maybe village dense, etc. And just being from a village myself in Morocco, you're not going to have school buildings. You're not going to have stores. You're just not going to have anything. And a lot of the times, which is very unfortunate, you're going to have conflicts, whether that's wars or you know just different humanitarian crises are going on like poverty etc and so when you think about it they're not able to get out of their house they're not able to you know go to school on an everyday basis and they're not able to get exposed to stem which essentially is if you look at it in a perspective percentage aspect decreases the sort of percentage and rate of you know female representation in stem and you never know if those young girls who maybe have always wanted to be a doctor 
want to go into medicine but don't have the money, want to go into science but simply can't go to a hospital. And, you know, a lot of times they lack just general humanitarian resources. And so when we work with these families, we make sure that they're being provided for financially in a sense that they're receiving their humanitarian rights first, including food, water, etc. And then from there, we finance the education of these young girls. And so far, we worked with 50 plus families in Morocco as well as Afghanistan. And we're currently working with uh, Syria and Sudan now, especially in Sudan due to what's going on. And so that is our Educate Her program. And it's truly amazing, you know, to be able to make such a large impact, you know, just from where I am currently. And I think a lot of the times when we talk about making impact and going advocacy, many just people in general don't know where to start. And I think I was in that same boat as well. And so SumUp also has an advocacy program where we teach, you know, the SumUp members how to go about grassroots organizing at the local level and then further organizing into the national level. And as someone who's done lobbying um, in Congress um, and also during Capitol Hill Week as well, I know how hard it is to be able to lobby. I know how hard it is to be able to just simply schedule a meeting with your congressional members something that you know most of the times people don't know what it is and so that's what we discuss as well in the advocacy program and currently we're working on another workshop before the new year starts and we're also having an end of the year celebration to reflect on all of our accomplishments that we've done throughout the year and in terms of our workshops we have yearly workshops where typically we sort of try and hone in on international days where they recognize a specific issue in gender equality, such as um, international elimination of gender violence, um, which just passed as well on November 25th. Um, and then also the most prominent International Day of the Girl, which is on October 11th. And so we work to have these workshops try to be on those days, but typically we host at least two workshops every month where the SIMUP members can join in and sort of listen to a presentation that usually the one of the leadership team members will make if they're in the advocacy director role. But also we try and get the speakers on um, who are not only, you know, women in STEM, but also just prominent, you know, figures in general who understand the struggle of receiving opportunities, receiving sort of just access to education and access to you know advocacy and really just resources to go about making change and from there we hope these summit members can listen and benefit and it's international and so we're always open to any new members who join right now we're trying to work with an organization in india to outreach our um, programs there um, but overall it's received a lot of good recognition and i'm as a founder and director, I'm truly just so honored, you know, to be able to work with such amazing, like-minded young, you know, women who want to see the change, who want to be the change, um, and really just be able to sort of have that impact being made and, you know, advocate for an endless, you know, global issue is gender equality. And gender equality as well, when you talk about it, it's really and associated and I would say intersected to a lot of other global issues such as climate change um, or just general humanitarian rights. You know, in the end of the day, uh, women ri women's rights are human's rights. And so a lot of times when you try to advocate for climate justice, it can't be advocated for without advocating for gender equality as well.
But just to sort of end off my point, um, that's some of that. That is an issue that some of has been trying to advocate as well. Um, re mainly in the most recent years, we've hosted or we're planning to host our lobbying week, um, which as someone who's lobbied virtually and in person, it's so important to make sure that our members can have that access. And so hopefully that will be in the spring of 2024, where we're also going to host our summit leadership summit for the first time ever. Um, and so it's really exciting, you know, to continue playing these initiatives and we also do giveaways as well where we give away our merch um where we have right now it's just sweatshirts but hopefully with more funding we're gonna do more other um amazing merchandise and really it's just sort of an amazing interactive fun community for the stem up members to sort of not only learn about what stem is as a whole because most of the times you work with international participants and as i said they don't know where to go about STEM in general, but also learn about how they can advocate on the local level, what they can do internationally and nationally and just in your state as well if you're in the US on how to go about making the change. And also just, you know, making sure that they're receiving the opportunities, they're receiving the internships they deserve, the research they deserve. It's an amazing journey I've been on and it's one that I really hope to continue no matter what profession I'm working on in the future. Yeah, definitely. So you touched on how when you first started with this work, you may not have known exactly how to get started or where to get started with your change making work. There are lots of young people who want to create change, but they may not know how to get started. What advice do you have for those people who may be listening? Yeah, I would say the number one piece of advice I give to my younger colleagues and, you know, just younger individuals I'm working with as a whole who are very passionate about advocacy, but as you said, don't know how to go about, is to sort of really hone in on your passion. And for me, I think this also took some time as well. I think I'm a very indecisive person. And so it was very hard for me to sort of figure out something specific that I want to make, but or just make in terms of like making impact. Um, but I think just generally know what you're passionate about. And most of the times when you talk about advocacy, you want to make any good impact on our generation. And I think when you speak, especially on the younger generation, um, when you talk about like Gen Z, for example, it's really important to recognize that all global issues are something that, you know, everyone should be inherently passionate about in terms of raising awareness for, whether that's climate change, gender equality, access to education, poverty, etc. And so when you look at what you're passionate about, and just really sort of the change that you want to make and just in the sense that you want to make impact, you know, and, and you don't know how. I think when you look at something that, you know, one specific thing you maybe, you know, just really want to see change in, it will help you to go about you know, raising awareness on, you know, at the local level and even on a national level as well. But I think that's where the real impact comes from. It's from realizing that this is something that, for example, you may personally go through or even, you know, someone who goes through, for example, but the change you want to make is through this one specific issue. But I think even just sort of looking at another aspect, and I don't want to sound confusing here, um, it's kind of hard to do that if you're just going about, you know, the change. But I think when you live through not only just difficult experiences and just challenging life as a whole, and you go through trials and tribulations, you understand what impacts you the most. And when you raise awareness for that one thing, or maybe it's multiple things that are multitude the level, then that will, of course, see that that will, of course, help you make the impact. But 
will also sort of guide you into making a greater level of impact as well. And I think for me personally, I always was passionate about advocating for women in STEM. And even when I was younger and I didn't sort of term it as that, I always knew I wanted to see that representation that, you know, I was never able to see. I always knew that I wanted to go into science, you know, maybe as the only female in my class, et cetera. I always knew I wanted to do these things, but, you know, I never put a label on it, for example. But of course, going being or I guess going into academia especially higher level academia that's when I really started to learn these terms and learn these sort of I would say definitions a lot of the times and that's when I sort of look back on my passion it's like when you get lost into advocacy it's like am I what if I'm doing like why am I doing it is this going to help others I think you need to look back on why you started in the first place and when you look back at that one reason so for example you're in a community where you know you guys don't have access to clean water okay i'm going to start raising awareness on you know access to clean water whether that's you know going to other communities and trying to for example lobby your governmental institutions on you know the need for clean water or trying your best to create innovations to have clean water etc all of these different initiatives all go back to that one reason as to why you started that one thing that was impacting you impacting your family impacting those around you you go back to that one reason then you will find sort of why you started advocating for and I think you know when you find that one reason and that one sort of thing that impacted you the most that's when the passion starts that's when the impact starts to be made and that's when you see the change that you always wanted to make I loved talking with Jayon because I think her work with STEM Up is exciting and she's tackling so many problems with her organization. I think we can all tap into Jayon's motivation and passion for the work she's doing, especially as we're kicking off the new year. And keep in mind that change comes when you hone in on your passions. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and you can find Jayon on Instagram at jayonidzadzi to get connected with her. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at bethechangepodcast.org or on Instagram at bethechangepodcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye, guys.